Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Radio, where each week we talk to a musician, artist, author, or other creative Mississippian promoting the arts across the state. I'm your host, Melody Moody Thordis, Arts Space Community Development Director with the Mississippi Arts Commission. And today in the studio, I'm speaking with Mona Nicholas, Executive Director of the USA International Ballet Competition. Mona, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're so glad to have you here. So I want to talk to you today about the International Ballet Competition, its history, and all things that go into it. But before we get into that, I want to know a little bit more about you. So tell me, you know, where did you grow up? And, and, and tell me a little bit more about yourself. Well, I'm a Mississippi native. I was born in Greenville, Mississippi uh, at a young age, maybe around, I'd say, first or second grade. Uh, my parents up and moved to Louisiana, right across the river bridge from Vicksburg. Um, though, you know, I went to elementary school in Tallulah, Louisiana. I later... Uh, after all my siblings had left the house, I was the youngest, um, and I um, needed to be able to get myself to school. All my friends were in Vicksburg, so I say I'm from Vicksburg, Mississippi. Um, that's where I uh, went to St. Aloysius and graduated from high school uh, there in 1981 and made my rounds in the colleges in the state. So I could basically say I went to almost every college in the state, but landed at Millsaps College, where I graduated in 1987 uh, with a business degree. Okay, fantastic. And uh, knowing what you do now, I'm just curious, did you grow up dancing or what What was kind of the point when you came to dancing? Well, I like to say it's in my blood. My parents were excellent dancers. And as just a pastime, they used to, we used to turn on the record player back then and sit around and uh, take turns dancing to see who could dance the best. And um, my father would you know, put me on top of his feet and we'd slow dance around. And he taught, he really taught us how to dance right in the living room. But um, I discovered ballet and tap and jazz and acrobats, they called it back then. Um, and, and probably when I was about in the second grade and I was hooked, I really, really loved it. It was so much fun. And then when I was in high school, probably around the ninth grade, I met Deborah Franco, and she really changed my life. She was uh, young. She had grown up there, had moved back after dancing in a ballet company. And for the first time, I was really introduced to real ballet. Um, I, I was really hooked. And she would open her doors seven days a week for me because that's that's how much I wanted to dance. I, I put uh, my whole... Uh, time into it. And that's where I really, really loved um, dance. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I know you said you went went to Millsaps. Is that what got you to Jackson? Yes. Uh, after my college tour, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I discovered Millsaps, and which is really where, I, you know, I probably should have started. Um, it was a really uh, awesome school. I um, graduated, as I um, said, in business, but I continued to dance. My I taught for my dance teacher in 
a satellite studio in Rolling Fork, Mississippi. So every Friday I would drive to Rolling Fork and teach um, ballet, tap, jazz, you name it, to little children who didn't have the opportunity to take dance. So I continued on and um, stayed in Jackson because I married a guy from Mm -hmm. here uh, who had grown up here. Um, I went to work in the corporate world for 25 years, which started out as DuPont and then later uh, ended up being Siemens Healthcare. But I was in the same field and, and worked there, as I said, for 25 years. So I had many opportunities to move out of Jackson, but I've, this is my home. I love Jackson. I love the people here. You know, I can always get on an airplane or get in my car and drive to other places, but I call this home. I prefer Jackson. That's wonderful. Well, you know, just thinking about getting on an airplane, I find every time I am flying back to Jackson, there's someone, you know, on the plane that I know or flying out. There's someone in the airport that I'm going to know. So it's always nice, particularly after a long flight, you know, on that last stretch, Mm -hmm. I don't know who I'm going to see. But I'm going to see somebody. somebody. (laughs) It's wonderful. It really makes Jackson feel like a small Mm -hmm. town in that Mm -hmm. way. So it's so nice. You know, you mentioned your your, uh, corporate career. Mm -hmm. Um, So knowing where you are now, you know, how did you kind of make that transition? Or was it, you know, was it just taking opportunities that were presented? Or was it a choice to kind of move in that direction? Walk me through how how that shift kind of took place. Well, Loving dance like I do, I had been a volunteer for many years um, during the competition. And I have worked with different volunteer groups, whether it be being in charge of a party or being in a a host family or being a, um, I don't know, you name it, being in charge of the different ancillary events that uh, go on. I uh, loved being a part of the competition because I knew it was just something so special that um, was so great for Jackson. And it's it's bringing the whole world to Jackson. So meeting all the different dancers. And of course, I loved dance that I was just really in my element. So um, and then I was asked a, a few years ago to be the president and kind of um, revive the Friends of the USA IBC organization. Even though I was really busy with my corporate job, I, I said yes. And I was really glad that I did because it it, it really brought it back. And it, it's a chance to get different um, people who may not be interested in dance um, involved in this uh, organization. Sue Lebrano had been the executive director and involved with the competition for over 34 years, and she had decided to retire. So they were in search of a new executive director, and I knew that. So I went for it. (laughs) And uh, one of the differences, though, between what Sue had done Uh, as an executive director, and what the job entailed was that I was also to raise the money. So I would be in charge of development. And I looked at what I had done previously in my sales job with Siemens, and really, you know, I kind of felt like it was sort of the same thing. You know, even though I would not be selling a product, I am selling something that's even more desirable because this is something that is so great for our state and for our city. It puts us on the on the map, on the world map. 
So I felt like that's something easy to sell. Um, and I don't want to say easy because it has not been easy, but people are so generous and they love their community and they want the best for it. So even if they don't love ballet or they're not really an arts patron, the next question is, but do you love your state and do you love where you live? So um, pe- uh, people have been so generous to support it. That's wonderful. You know, earlier in my career, I spent some time doing fundraising and you know, when people would ask me kind of this, uh, comparing it to sales, you know, like, how, how do you do it? And I said, it's, I don't, I don't find it difficult because to me, fundraising is about giving people an opportunity to support something they love. Mm-hmm. They can make the choice to, to do that or not, but you're just presenting an opportunity to people to come alongside what you're doing. So I really like the way that, mm-hmm. that you frame that. That's, that's really wonderful. So let's talk a little bit about the IBC, and how it got started. I mean, it started in 1979. Is that right? That's right. 1979. Back in 1979, I wish I had uh, been around. I I guess I was around, but I was only uh, not very old. (laughs) (laughs) I was in high school. But uh, there were a group of local citizens that were very arts-minded and wanted the best, again, for their community. They got together in first because they felt like they needed a professional ballet company. So they went in search of a director for this company, and that's how they found Thalia Mora. Thalia Mora was in, living at the time in New York City, and she had been you know, a professional dance um, dancer. She had been, a, she was an author. She was um, just a really unique lady, and she was 65 years old when they found her and convinced her to move to Jackson for this endeavor. And she had been here for not very long when she decided, you know, on Friday nights, where were all of her dancers? The studio disappeared. I mean, people didn't show up for class, and then she found out that people love football, they really love football, and so that's where all she had lost all of her students to football. So then she figured out, well, maybe it's it's not just football. These people down south love a competition. So she knew of other competitions in the world, um, one being in Varna, Bulgaria. The other was in Moscow, Russia, and at the time, Tokyo. They all had a ballet competition, but there was not one yet in the United States. So she got together with those arts-minded individuals, with politicians, the mayor, the governor, and all of her dance dignitary, all these famous dance people all over the world. She knew them. So they got together and they made it happen. And they won it over New York City, Houston, San Francisco, they all wanted to have the first competition in the United States. But Jackson, Mississippi won it. And thanks to Thalia Mora and all the art-loving citizens of that time. Wow. So so what, what stands out to your, in your mind, you know, from, from your knowledge of the history of, of why Jackson kind of pulled ahead? Was it the community support or, or, or was it something else? Oh, I definitely think it was the community support. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely why we are still the favorite 
amongst the other competitions. Um, it's our Southern hospitality, the 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 friends of the IBC, our volunteers, our sponsors, all of our supporters. Everybody gets behind this and rolls literally. I mean, rolls out the red carpet and they go back to their countries and spread the word about the hospitality that that we show them. Wow, that's that's really encouraging and and so exciting. You know, every every four years, I'm sure, is a new opportunity. You know, to bring so many new people to Jackson. So this, this is such a wonderful place that I always say, you know. If, if you want to know about Jackson, come visit. You know, I, I can't even tell you in words the, the wonderful things there are to do and people there are to experience. Come see it. And what a great opportunity to invite people from all over the globe to come to Jackson and see what we have to offer. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Radio. Each week on the Arts Hour, different representatives from the Mississippi Arts Commission speak with individuals who are helping to foster excellence in the arts in Mississippi. Today, our guest is Mona Nicholas, Executive Director of the USA International Ballet Competition. Welcome back, Mona. Um, well, on the break, we were talking about... Um, how the I, uh, USA IBC competition in Jackson is known around the world. Tell me more about your experience going to other competitions and, and what people have to say about Jackson. Well, this past summer, I attended with others uh, on our board and our chairman. We had a delegation that uh, represented the USA IBC at the Moscow competition. And they welcomed us with open arms, and it was really beautiful. And we couldn't have felt more comfortable and at home, and they tried very hard to make us um, feel comfortable. And, and it was the first time since the 80s that representatives had been. Um, but we were able to attend the final gala uh, after the award uh, had been handed out to the different medalists. And as we were talking to the competitors or the winners, they all knew Jackson. And they all just said, oh, I want to be able to compete in Jackson. They all knew it. And all of the um, the participants as well as the organizers of the, of the uh, competition all had fond memories of Jackson. Yuri Grigorovich was involved in the very first competitions and he is still there and is their jury chairman and he is 92 years old. And he of course, you know, even though he didn't speak much English, but he could say Jackson. So it was really really great for me to feel that welcome and we had um gone over on a mission to be able to be accepted into the International Federation um, of ballet competitions. And at the time, we thought that we would just be put up and nominated. But while we were there, they voted us in. So now we were able to check that off our list as well. So it was really wonderful just to be able to uh, experience a competition that's on the same level as ours. And I hope to be able to travel to the others as well. Oh, that's that's so wonderful to to hear such wonderful things spoken about Mississippi and to go over there and have such a warm welcome. And just it speaks so highly of the caliber of this competition. It's so impressive. So I know that the competition here in Jackson happens every four years. But, you know, for, for people who have never been, 
I want you to paint us a picture of what the competition is like. And you can start with how people apply, but I'd also like to know, you know, how did, how is it set up? What does the day look like? What are the competitors like? You know, really, really tell me um, if you were talking to someone who had never been but had just said, oh, that's interesting. That's, <laughs> that's in Jackson. Let me check that out. Well, first I would say is, as we mentioned before, the first competition was in 1979, and it, it's like the Olympics of ballet. It happens every four years, so this will be our 11th competition. And we really, I, I will start raising money during this competition this summer, and we hit the ground running planning for the next competition, which is, you know, four years away. I used to think, what do they do all the whole four years? But boy, do I know now. We are busy working, raising money, making plans, finding who our jurors are going to be. Um, but we we have to, we start first by picking our panel of jurors. The jurors, we try to get one from, uh, you know, they have to be from a different country so that we can keep it a fair level playing ground. Um, we're known, as I've, I mentioned earlier, around the world for our fairness and our integrity. Uh, when the jurors are judging and they have a set ballot, they, um, as they do their marks, we will, and we tabulate those scores, in order to keep it fair, we throw out the highest and the lowest so that in case there was a juror who was voting higher or lower for a certain one, we can we can eradicate that. So we try every way we can to keep it fair. Um, our jurors, as I mentioned, are we have 10 jurors this time, and they're from 10 different countries representing 10 different countries. We also start publicizing, you know, when we will be accepting um, our applications um, for our competitors. So the applications were due in the fall of last year, and we received over 320 applications. So in March of this year, we had two professional dancers come in and watch all 320 um, videos that they've sent in, and they picked about 120 um, who would be invited to compete. And we know that people, for some various reasons, aren't able to come, whether it be financially or maybe they got a job and they have a commitment or maybe they're injured. So we know that there will be some that will drop off. So today, as of today, we're at 115 competitors from 19 different nations. Japan, of course, well, USA has the most, and Japan has the second most, and Korea is behind that. Uh, in Korea, in 2014, we had um, the most medalists, people who actually won the medalists, for, were from Korea. So it's very interesting. We try very hard to get as many nations represented as possible, but really they are um, invited to compete on their talent. So you know out of 320, and I mean all of these were excellent. All 320 were excellent. We picked the top third that were just the best. Um, when our selection committee were looking at a, one, the the female, I don't want to name names, that was um, – 
on the selection committee, she literally started crying and said, I love ballet. Isn't this beautiful? So, you know, the audience is going to be so um, delighted when they see the talent that is exhibited on the stage. Um, So um, we have all of our competitors. Now we sell tickets. Tickets, uh, it all, the performances happen over a two-week period. So the opening ceremony will be on June the 10th at Thayamara Hall. All the performances will be held at Thayamara Hall, which is named after our founder. And we will have three rounds of competition. The first round, we have to see all 115 competitors. So it takes more time. So we will have a matinee performance and an evening performance so that we can get through all 100 of them. That will happen the first four days. Then we have a dark day where they're still they're still practicing and rehearsing, but um, the, the jury will have a night off and the ticket buyers will have a night off. Then we go to round two. Um, the first round was purely classical. Second round is contemporary. So we get to see a different side of the dancers. And really, the jurors are looking for someone who is a well-rounded dancer. So it it um, really counts on their score to be able to be able to not only dance classical, but to be able to be um, also excel in contemporary. Um, That is going to be held on a Saturday and a Sunday. Um, An evening performance on that Saturday and Father's Day is the Sunday. And that will be a matinee and an evening performance. And all matinees are at 2 o'clock and all evenings are at 7.30. And about how long do these last? They last anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours. Oh, an hour and a half to two hours, and you're going to see, depending on when you come, mm-hmm. but you're going to see some top caliber competition in either classical or contemporary, depending on what round you attend. I would say every round you're going to <laughs> see top caliber. But, you know, you may see the next ballet star you know, because we have many of our um, medalists who have gone on to have very famous careers and become famous ballet dancers. So it's very exciting for the audience to pick out, you know, who they think is going to be the medalist. Um, Round three, as we enter into round three, the jury will wipe the slate clean at this point because we've narrowed down who can advance. It's about a third, you know, from round one to round two, a third get eliminated. And then you're in round two, now another third get eliminated. So in round three, the jurors actually wipe the slate clean and start from scratch. And the competitors in round three will dance classical as well as contemporary. And from there, the jurors will pick their medalist, which will happen. The award ceremony is on the 22nd, Friday the 22nd. We're doing something a little bit different this year in that the competitors will know that they won a medal, but they will not know if they won a bronze, a silver, or a gold, or possibly the Grand Prix Award. Um, They will know the night of the awards ceremony, which adds a little bit of excitement. And um, so then the the very final night is the Encore Gala, which is really a repeat of the awards just without the medal ceremony. I want to 
say as well that this this competition we are honoring Robert Joffrey. Robert Joffrey was our he was our jury chairman. He was a very good friend of Thayamara and helped her start this competition. And he was our jury chairman for about the first three competitions. So we are honoring him. It's 30 years since um, anniversary since his death. And we have Ashley Weeder, who is on our jury. He is the artistic director for the Joffrey Ballet. So in honor of that, on opening ceremony night, the dancers from the Joffrey Ballet will be performing. So we're very excited about that and think the audience is in for a real treat um, that will be coming to the opening ceremony. Not only will they get to see the Parade of Nations with the flag ceremony, but also the beautiful performance with the Joffrey Ballet with our Mississippi Symphony Orchestra performing alongside of that. So it's they're in for a real treat. Now, do they, um, during these rounds, are people competing as individuals or is it always as a ballet company? Well, they are uh, competing as individual soloists or they may come as a couple and do a pas de deux. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. I'm, I'm trying to get a, a visual of it. So mm-hmm. it's either a solo or, mm-hmm. or do or two. Right. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. I've, I've, I've always been very curious about the competition. I'm definitely attending uh, and I look forward uh, to seeing that. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Radio. Each week on the Arts Hour, different representatives from the Mississippi Arts Commission speak with individuals who are helping to foster excellence in the arts across Mississippi. Today, my guest is Mona Nicholas, Executive Director of the USA International Ballet Competition. Mona, I've really enjoyed our conversation about what the competition looks like, particularly for those who may have not attended before. So tell us a little bit more about what happens when people arrive in Jackson um, for the competition, whether competitors, et cetera, um, and how that works, host families, where they stay, and, and paint us a picture for that as well. Well, we, as I mentioned, we have over 100 competitors coming from 19 different countries. Many of them have never been away from home before, and many of them don't speak English. So you can imagine the team of volunteers that it takes to be able to handle their arrival, um, transportation while they're here, and just all the ins and outs of that. So I want to let talk about our volunteers just for a moment we it takes over 400 volunteers to make this work and we still need volunteers even up to the very last minute so don't feel like you know it's too late if you hear this go on our website on the bottom of the home page you can um, um, see how to sign up and how to be a volunteer our website is usaibc.com. It's very easy to find. But we have trans a volunteer group for translators. We have a transportation committee. Uh, you name it, we probably have a, a volunteer committee for it. So what's going to happen is on maybe June the 6th, I think, is when the, the volunteers are actually going to get here. I'm not the volunteers, but the competitors will arrive. We'll have a whole team at the airport waiting on them to arrive. 
and we welcome them. We take them on to the Millsaps campus where they will live for the next two and a half weeks. We're excited about having them uh, there at Millsaps. We also have a dance school that happens simultaneously with the uh, competition. They will be living and taking class at Belhaven University. So all of these young dancers will arrive, and uh, once we get them settled, then they will start rehearsing every day and taking competitor classes. Those will be held at the Jackson Convention Complex on Pascagoula Street. We also will utilize the Mississippi Arts Center where our office is located. We will have teacher training program where teachers will come in and learn um, about ways to start teaching their, their students at a very young age in the correct and proper way. Uh, that will be taking place. We'll have rehearsal sites in the Mississippi Arts Center as well. During the day when performances are not being held, we at Thalyamara Hall, there will be technical rehearsals. So each competitor will get a chance to dance in their costume and with the lighting at um, the specified lighting that, you know, that goes with their uh, dance. And so all that is going to be happening in our um, last but not least is our official hotel is the Weston Jackson. So all of that in a row down on Pascagoula Street, we have named that and designated that as our international village. We will have people from all over walking around and, and going to our arts and lecture series, which will be held at the theater at the um, convention complex. There will be a lot of activities for them uh, to take part in, whether it be observing the competitors during their competitor classes or going over to the dance school and observing those as well. So that's so that's open to the public to, yes. to view the what the dance school and the students are doing as well. Yes, you can buy all tickets to all of that on our website. Again, that's usaibc.com. Um, and you can hit backslash attend and get to the whole listing of the events that will take place over the two weeks. Wow, that's a lot of moving parts. It's uh, I, I, I respect the work that you do. It's it's amazing to pull all of that off in a in such a short period. I know it's with it being every four years. That's a lot of build up. <laughs> well, I will say they've done this. Um, this is the eleventh time they've done it. We have made some changes in that. You know, we've switched around the locations of the dance school and the location of where the rehearsals will be. But uh, with each competition since 1979, it's gotten better and better and better. And they've left very good notes. And um, I have to credit what's been done in the past and credit my staff. They've worked very hard and are still, you know, we're we're at the point where we uh, it's coming, <laughs> it's coming fast. So, and and what age are the uh, typically um, are the competi competitors, but also the dance school students? How does that work? Well, the competitors we have two divisions. The juniors are ages fourteen to eighteen, and we have a senior division that's nineteen to twenty eight. As far as the dance school. The dance school, we take them as young as 12 years old up to 20 years old. Wow. Okay. Well, you've got 
people of all of all walks of life. That's so wonderful. Um, and it's nice to hear the, the Millsaps and Bellhaven and the Arts Center, and you've got a lot of different community partners as well. Are there are there any other community partners that we haven't talked about that, that play a part in this? Well, Mississippi, we have our grantors. Mississippi Arts Commission is uh, one of our grantors, and we are so appreciative of that. JCVB, um, Jackson, Greater Jackson Arts Council, um, um, we have South Arts grants. You name it, we get grants from a lot of whoever's offering a grant. We try for the grant. The Community Foundation of Mississippi, they've all been wonderful in their granting, and um, uh, we're very appreciative of that. Um, one of the things that I, I've enjoyed really seeing come alive is our section of Pascagoula Street, where our office is actually located. We've... we. I guess, developed a committee called the City Beautification Committee. And we have a sponsor, Brunini Law Firm, as well as Green Oak Nursery. They've been so kind to um, donate um, money as well as the plants that we're planting at the Art Center, as well as in front of Thayamara. Um, volunteers from Trustmark, from uh, Jackson Downtown Partners, has been benefit has you know been helpful in helping um, with this project, and it's really taken shape. And I've been so excited about seeing that part of town just come alive. And I think that our visitors from you know all the different states and countries are really going to be impressed with what they see um, during on the International Village. Um, It'll be nice to them to come down Pearl Street to see the new, the brand new Welcome to Jackson mural yes. uh, done by the Jackson Yes, Arts and the Council roads well. are looking so nice. <laughs> I mean, the, the paved roads. I don't know if you've been downtown uh-huh. lately, just being able to come in and the roads are nicely paved. So it, it's very refreshing. And we will have so many ticket buyers here. In 2014, we had ticket buyers from 25 nations and 30 states. We, we have an economic impact study performed after everything's said and done in July. Uh, we try to get the same um, school to do it. University of Southern Mississippi handles that. Um, and, and we feel like having the same um, group do it each time helps with the precision of it. And in 2014, our economic impact study said that we generated over $12 million for our state from this two-week international event. So it's very important to our, not only Jackson, but to our state, because as these visitors come from all the different states and all the different countries, they are staying in our hotels and eating in our restaurants and going to other places, maybe on the dark nights. They might take a road trip to, to Vicksburg or to the coast or to the Delta. So it's um, very important that our community embraces this because it's a wonderful thing for our state. Wow. And about how many people do you expect to attend this year? Well, we had over 40,000 ticket buyers in 2014, so we are hoping for just that or more. Wow, that is phenomenal. Like you said, it's, it's a wonderful gateway to come into the city and, and explore all that, um, all that the competition has to offer, but then, you know, downtown and the surrounding areas as well. Um, 
are there any other programs that we haven't discussed that you guys do? I mean, I know there's a lot of a uh, lot of moving parts. I just want to make sure that you know that we we talk about that this isn't just this these these couple weeks four times a year, but you guys really have a, a footprint and an impact as as obvious twelve million dollars to the state. Um, but I don't know if you wanted to mention any other programs or right. That you um, do. Well. In the off years, as I mentioned, we start fundraising immediately. Uh, but we try to, and we started this in my first four years last, you know, after the competition, trying to co-sponsor dance events in other parts of the state because this is held in Jackson, but it really belongs to Mississippi. So we were successful in co-sponsoring and partnering with the Bologna in Cleveland for um, when we co-sponsored the Alonzo King Lines Ballet. And we also did something similar in Oxford at the Gertrude C. Ford Theater. And we hope to continue that in other spots of the state, maybe Hattiesburg or the coast or Meridian with their new um, and with the Raleigh Center or um, their new facility that they have there. Uh, we want to share the USAIBC and grow our, the audience because, you know, even though you may not think you love dance, but it is great for the community, for our state, and to support the arts. Absolutely. Well, um, as a musician, I have to ask a little bit about the music. So I'm curious, um, is there a particular way that the music for these um, – the that the music is selected for the competitors to dance to? Or, um, you know, do you have any insight on, on kind of the music side of things? Well, we have a, a listing for round one and round three of classical choreography. So with that set choreography comes the music. Mm -hmm. So they choose from that. Um, the contemporary round, they are able to bring their own choreography and their own music and we have limitations like it has to be uh, choreography before or yes uh, after 2014 and what I love about the music not only is it beautiful ballet music and you know very old music from classical composers but in round in the awards ceremony the opening ceremony and also Encore, the Mississippi Symphony Orchestra will be playing while the dancers are dancing. And if you've never been to a performance where you have live music married with the art of dance, it is really breathtaking. Um, to me, that is really um spectacular and we're able to have the symphony due to our sponsors ambassador john and palmer uh, sponsor the symphony for us and due to that sponsorship we were able to um invite them to play oh that's that's wonderful uh, like you said to have that live music component i mean just brings it to life in a in a in an all new way it does you know we've talked a little bit about the caliber of this competition tell me more about this the designation that you guys received well back in the 80s we were designated by joint resolution of US Congress as the official ballet competition, international ballet competition for the USA. 
So there are other competitions out there that have come on the scene, but none have this designation and none have the um, respect and that that we hold and um, the longevity. Wonderful. Is there anything else that you'd like to mention um, before we before we wrap up today um, about the work that you guys do? Well, I, I want to mention also in the off years and every year, we have a community program called City Dance. City Dance is a great program, and it's offered to Jackson Public School students ages 7 to 12 years old. We hold auditions in September, always the Saturday after Labor Day. And we, um, as... Once they're accepted, we give them free dance wear, uh, leotard, tights, shoes. We also give them free ballet lessons throughout the year and then a spring performance. So that's really a wonderful program that um, we are able to expose young children to dance and create their love of the arts. Great. And tell us those dates and where people can get tickets one more time. Okay, the dates for the competition are June the 10th through the 23rd, and you can buy your tickets online at usaibc.tix.com or call our box office at 601-973-9249. Great. Well, thanks again for having having this great conversation with me today, Mona. I've really appreciated it. And thanks to all of you for listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour. If you've missed a part of the interview or want to listen again, you can go to mpbonline.org slash Mississippi Arts Hour. And be sure to tune in each week for the Mississippi Arts Hour, a co-production of MPB Radio and the Mississippi Arts Commission.